0: What's up, folks? It is Friday evening, Thursday night for those who like to keep track of the days of the week. And yes, it is episode 165. And with us tonight, the All-Star lineup starting with the former Texas Ranger, the hometown native Kevin Mench is on with us. Also joining us is Caitlin. And a few of the Duncan Dad will be joining us as well. So, We'll get into some Phillies talk because obviously game one will be tomorrow night. As far as we all know, we know that it closed up the top at Minute Maid Park because tomorrow it is supposed to rain, but nevertheless, it's not going to rain on anyone's parade as we look forward to game one, Astros, Phillies in the World Series, and it is so nice to say that. And yes, I could have been in my Broad Street South gear, but keeping the tradition as I've been doing with all the other shows that we've been winning, well, why not keep the Phillies gear? And also because obviously to root for the hometown team. So... With that being said, we saw a trade also that Howie continues to do magical things, and we're all trying to understand how in the world Howie is getting away with all this. But nevertheless, another big trade, and one of the former teammates from Chicago ended up crying because he lost his best friend. I would play the video, but I think the man's already heard enough, so I'm not going to bring it up. But so much to get into going to be a ton of information, fun, laughter, tears. God knows what ends up happening tonight, as we know that game one, once again, is less than 24 hours away, and we cannot wait and see exactly what ends up happening. So our guests, as I mentioned before, so you guys can see, and you can follow them there on Twitter. Kevin Mench at Kevin mensch 28 the Duncan dad with the underscores and no filter, and Caitlin and the way she has it down, if I do remember correctly, it is C-8-L-I-N, if I do remember correctly, so you guys can follow them. And as I always say on the show as well, don't forget, while you're on Broad Street South, and if you're viewing us from YouTube, to like and subscribe to the show because, well, it helps keep the lights on, even though really it doesn't because we only have 100 subscribers, so <laughs> it's not like everybody else who's up in the thousands. But nevertheless, we like to make sure that we like to keep the lights on around the studio on here. So with that being said... We like to get the show started on the way. We thank you from everyone from overseas, Brazil, Africa, Spain, Russia, China, here in the US, our friends to the South, and especially to our friends in the north. We appreciate you all coming on and join us. And let's get the show underway. Episode 165, I'm Angel, and welcome to Broad Street South. now to make some adjustments here on the screen because normally fuji of course will be on and i'd be saying something about fuji and something else uh in in retrospect to him but because we have the rest of the gang we'll bring them all on here all at once thank you first of all for kevin for you to coming on caitlin joining us as well and then our sports contributor sean kilrain and back from i don't know i don't even want to say from the dead i i mean this guy's been hiding between alaska Egypt. He's been traveling all around the world. It is our national correspondent. Matter of fact, you know what? I think Ryan's been hiding under the KC bleachers. Ryan, first of all, how are you, sir?
1: I am fine, Angel. Great to be to be with everybody today. Phillies, Eagles. Always hockey in full gear. Got my Blackhawks hat on. So World World Series tomorrow. A little little bit later on in a year for the World Series this year. Just be good. Mm-hmm. They start a little bit later. So let, let's get into it, man. I'm ready.
0: No, definitely indeed. And uh, Kaylin, first of all, thank you for joining us here as I've been reaching out to you and, and you coming on here on the show because we know that the passion you have, like a lot of us, for the Sixers, although not the start that we wanted to see from Doc
2: Rivers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for uh, having me on and letting me join you. Um, Yeah, quite a bit to say about Doc and the team right now. I mean, I think the play is kind of speaking for itself, um, sadly, but hoping for, well, I think there'll be a turnaround, but who will be leading them through that turnaround? I think that's to be determined.
0: That's for sure. And before I bring the man on himself, the host of Big Head Pod, which, by the way, if you guys do not subscribe to the channel, from the Dub Network, Please subscribe because, again, it helps out everybody. But just show a little highlight for Kevin before we get the show underway here.
2: The pitch swung on, hit high and deep to left field. Boys, this ball crushed. This ball is gone. Holy smokes. It's a 6 5 game, and Kevin Mensch has done it. The home run is his seventh consecutive Man. game, and that makes him. A right-handed batter that is doing something that simply hasn't been done before. He has homered in seven straight games. He is the first right-handed hitter in Major League history to homer in seven consecutive games.
0: Now, I know it's, it's a flashback to the past there, Kevin, but nevertheless, I'm pretty sure it could be something good. It could be something bad, but apparently you're on a good streak there.
2: Yes, I was. And it was tied this year by South Jersey's own Mike Trout. Yeah. So I'm going get, to get him on the show at some point, talk to him about it, and just see him. And he actually tied the record in Cleveland where I set the record. So it was pretty pretty interesting. And I said, if that couldn't happen to a better guy. You know, he's a Philly guy, he's an Eagles fan. I mean, what what else do you need? So I'm glad to share the stage with him with that, with that aspect. The records are made to be broken. So now yeah, had yeah, he's got right. the to do it.
0: That they definitely are. But I'm, I'm wondering, Kevin, it, now, again, we can speak hypothetically here, but do you think that Mike Trout should have just bit the bullet out there in L.A. and decided to say, you know what, maybe when Bryce had reached out to me, I should have yeah. went to Philly.
2: I mean, I don't know. In hindsight, I guess it really depends on how bad you want to come home. You know, some guys take less to come home. Some guys defer. You know, on the back end, to bring other talent around to win—I, I mean, I don't know—it's—it's it's tough. You know, I think Judge turned down a huge contract at the beginning the of the year because he wanted more money. I mean, at some point, what do you—what do you do? I mean, he would have been a god. Michael would have been a god coming to Philly. You know, growing up right here, watching the Phillies. So, um, but I don't know. You never know. He could get—he could get traded, right? I mean, uh, Stanton got traded after he signed that huge deal to. Right. it was a hundred plus game with the marlins because they just they had no more money to spend so and i'm sure he's struggling with you know as far as they what they finish in third or fourth yeah in the, in the al west so i mean it's it's got to be frustrating to you know for that to see and then being so far away from you know where you want to be but i'm yeah. sure as soon as bryce said something that's when the Angels said all right we got to throw something at him that nobody can match
0: no, that's for sure. And and you uh, know the same way on on the flip side, of course, if, if we go back to the Rangers side, the Rangers making a pretty good signing for their skipper and I didn't see that coming and I thought Bochi from what I understand I thought he was going to be like yeah. retired retired. So I'm wondering how in the world did the Rangers pull that one out.
2: I'm sure that there was something in the works in the last few months of of knowing that what that what their plan is. I mean nowadays Baseball's become a me first sport, right? It's right. that new school, you know, the, you know, the, mm-hmm. it's about me, the bat flips, the, you know, the, the constant taunting. And maybe they're trying to get that away from, from that. Bochy's an old school guy. And that's what you want. And that's what you're expecting your players to be. And hopefully he can squash that. And I know he and Chris have had a relationship before. So I'm sure they've done their homework. I just thought it would be drawn out a little bit more. I mean, heck, the season just ended, regular season, three weeks ago, and they've signed somebody.
0: And it's pretty incredible the way it ended up working out. But, hey, listen, yeah. it's only good, for obviously, for the Rangers because we know the Astros have been running Texas now for the last four to five seasons. And then the Rangers have been trying to make things work. We've seen a lot of their players, obviously, to evaporate like we've seen other teams do as well. Their farm system, they're trying to rebuild it back up. So the Rangers have a, a little ways to go. I don't want to say a ways way to go because it seems like they are, give it two, three seasons maybe, from trying to turn things around for Bochy there, who knows, maybe things could turn on a lot faster than we thought of. But you being with, with other former teams, well, the, you know, the the Brewers, being with the Nationals, with Toronto, uh, and obviously with with the Rangers, but. Out of, out of all the teams you end up playing on, and I'm pretty sure you've probably been asked this before, which one to you just it, it made maybe more of that home feeling being back from the Delaware area than the Delaware Valley area, what, what team most solidified your career?
2: Here in Texas, uh, Mr. Hicks took very good care of us as, as just as an organization, right? The fans, we were, um, he, had, he had just purchased the Dallas Stars as well. You know, he buys a plane, a team plane, so we're able to fly on our own, our own aircraft. Drive, go, anything we really needed. He took really good care of us, and from even the family members, it was just it was home. And and the fans were were into it. And I know we were chasing pitching. And I think it was the 05 season. Millwood was it 05. I think Millwood came on, um, and we were in it till the end of the right. i think until the last week of the season. And um, you were just hoping that some, one more move would be made in the offseason to kind of solidify that pitching to be able to really put us over. Because we could hit with the best of them. It was just the problem was the pitching part of it. And it was and it's tough. You know, I mean, now you see, um, I mean, these guys, the careers these guys are having that are extended. It just seems like the pitching hasn't developed through tech, through the Rangers organization like it has with, you know, say, uh, Houston. Um so I mean, I mean, Nolan left here. I think after the ten season, right. goes to Houston, and well, Houston just continued to, you know, continue to climb. It seems like their minor league system is pretty. I mean, I don't pay attention to the minor league system, but I mean, it seems like they just continue to produce guys, you know, whether it be pit and then bringing in the right group of guys as far as pitching to kind of solidify that that team for to put them in that run that they've been on.
0: Well, you're you're absolutely right, I I think it's. It, it's going to be I, I want to see what's going to happen with the Rangers next year obviously we know that I mean as a series we'll figure out who's going to be playing where as, as far as not where they're going to be playing where but as far as the length of the series itself but then come next year because I'm pretty sure knowing Bochy he's not going to take too much time off now being signed after he, he gets his formal introduction with the team, I'm pretty sure he's going to go right to work like he's done with our teams in the past, so it's going to be, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what's going to happen with the Texas Rangers next year. And even though, yes, we know that the, the Astros are, are dominant there, but I just want to see where the organization end up going, but other than them and your former team as well, with the Nationals, you talk about a major collapse. How in the world did that even come about?)
2: Uh. You know, it's, it's that's kind of hard to just to explain as far as a team going from what they won. Nineteen was the World Series. Yeah, was that, they won the World, and then have that much of a decline. I don't know. It starts with ownership. I I don't know, but I mean, it just seems that that whole thing really just imploded. I don't know if they, you know, bad trades. Yeah, you know, that that's above my pay grade as far as a player. We you know we don't worry about you know who they're trading, who's in the, this and that. You know, we're just doing our job. So, but I'm sure that it has a mental effect on you. You know, you know, here's Juan Soto. He's per se, or the cornerstone of your organization. You want to lock him up long term, and he wants no part of it. So you know that there had to be something going on internally that we don't know about.
0: Well, and the bad part was too is how in the world for the All Star Game, how do you not fly him out there? You basically tell him he's got to take a commercial flight. Come on, are you kidding me?
2: The learners are the richest owners in baseball of the, of the nationals. They're the richest owners. And I, I don't know what, what that was all about. That's just, I mean, even as, as, a, as a player that's in that clubhouse, it's, that's when, that's when really the dominoes start to fall. of going, wait, our owner can't fly our lone all-star representative out. There's something going on. So I've got, there's some coaches that I know that are over there. I haven't had a chance to really talk about it with them. Right. I'll, I'll just wait till they kind of let the dust settle a little bit and then go from
0: there. Well, I, I want to see what's going to end up happening with the Nationals. Obviously, the the, the big talk this year was the Mets-Braves. Obviously, Mets-Braves are, are done. Philly took care of the Braves. Mets pretty much took care of themselves, as I keep saying over and over again, St. Louis. And, and we always see, Kevin, and to me it's always interesting. St. Louis can be I, – I don't know how in that organization does it year after year after year. They could be down as much as 15 mm-hmm. games – Going into September, and St. Louis always finds a way to come back. And then you figure that you don't, you make this stretch, and we've seen them do it, you know, many years in a row, these historical runs. And the Phillies, which if you look at the bullpen, the middle part of the bullpen, we all know there's it's, it's a struggle. Somehow they've taped themselves together, whether it be in a Band-Aid, a cassette tape, you name it, duct tape, whatever they've done to be able to, to get to where they are this season. But I, I would like to see what's going to end up happening with the Nationals. I think it's going to be more of a fire sale, more than anything else. With the Mets, the owner keeps saying he still wants to keep spending more money, add more to the payroll. As soon as the season was over, he talked about how much more they wanted up spending. But you take someone like the Phillies at this point. With the Phillies, they're not, they're not going to spend, I don't believe, they're not going to spend a whole bunch of money the way you look at it and still be able to develop their, their farm system. I mean, being down here in Clearwater, in the area down here in Tampa Bay, it there's not much coming out of the farm system either, other than andrew painter who came up but here it's going to be a tough struggle to be able to get this farm system to get up to reading to keep going to the iron pigs and, and keep going up from there so i i want to see between the nationals and the Phillies what we're going to end up doing this offseason season because it's going to be beyond industry in that point but and also I, when you get mike tried on by the way you'd have to let me know because i i want to see and hear what he has to say because that's going to be a beyond interesting conversation because we all know that he's always there for the Eagles games and I, and I know he wants to obviously make his own postseason legendary contribution but it it might be a little while before LA comes around so I'm I'm not too sure what's going to be happening but uh, we got a comment coming in here that says good evening Jen said the Bucks game oh I already know who this is it's Dylan Kevin I had to ask a question I covered the FSI what was your uh what was yeah, your time state like with yeah with the uh with port charlotte
2: that was that was fun that i mean you're 22 years old you're in, you're in florida which in florida state league is by far the best league in all of baseball other than major league you i mean your longest trip was three hours we would go over to daytona uh vero beach west palm or half of our time was spent in tampa you know because they need in clearwater uh tampa the yankees uh gosh who else? they i mean and then so you spent you're 22 years old you're in ybor city you know 60 80 days out of the summer and you go to the beach during the day you get rained out at batting practice and it's the, it's a baseball player's dream you're 21 22 years old and just and playing on a beach all the time it's the it's by far port charlotte i think was the second oldest community in america so the rangers mm-hmm. when they left there they go to surprise arizona which is probably the oldest community in america so and then Tampa moves in and I think they've just renovated that whole area. I haven't been down there since they, they moved in, but I mean you can't ask for a better place to play.
0: No, that you surely can, but uh Mike Klein says, uh, hello Kevin, it's Mike Klein here in Tampa, Florida. Miss hanging out with you when I was back in Dallas. Give me a call some time. Let's catch up. We are Tampa Philly to South. Mike Klein down here, do it. Listen, I, I hey, love the guy I, to death I, Sometimes he, he, he drives me nuts. Huh? He told
2: me he had two dogs, one, and they were named Dallas and Sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and they're, they're about that big. They're not big whatsoever. But And every time so we're at Tampa Joe's, which is my sponsor here at, at uh, Broad Street South, but when we're down here, he tells everybody all the time. That is like his, he could have it on the a, on a back of a business card. He's hilarious. Like, Mike, that's the one thing. He, he, he runs a, well, let me give him kudos because he's probably still listening. He runs a really good club. The Philly to the South, by far, it's a great time. A lot of Eagles fans are down here in the Tampa area, and Mike does a great job. Michelle helps him out a whole bunch. It's a lot of fun when we all get together, but Mike does an outstanding job. I, I will say that much. But yeah, Mike he, Mike is he's, he's quite the character, but he's a good guy. Big heart for sure. That's really? Wow. Well, well, it's, it's, it's always a good time. And, and by the way, I, I did see that the Duncan dad has made his arrival. Uh, Mike, how are you this evening?
4: good a little bit of a late arrival taking care of uh, some family matters between the bridges but all set all ready to go so looking forward no, no, to it. thanks for uh, having me here
0: uh, no problem i was telling everybody you were fueling up your jet and you had to make sure that you didn't, you know you got home on time so that's that was my story i was running with so i forgot to tell you that one
4: darn you gotta bring me up <laughs> to speed next time man i didn't miss yeah. that text message <laughs>
0: Sure. <laughs> no problem but uh listen ryan because i've been taking up most of the time here ryan i don't know if you have a question or not for kevin
1: Kevin, let's talk a little World Series beginning tomorrow. Um, let me pull up some stats for you here. So in the playoffs so far, Philly's on-base percentage is second at 750%, Houston's third at 708%. I think that like like right there in second and third throughout the playoffs through the categories. Don't you think that this series is going to come down, come down to starting pitching? Against starting pitching, I think the Astros have the advantage in this. The Phillies are going to have to try and hit Verlander probably in Game One. But what 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 is your take on? I think it's going to come down to the two pit, pitching staffs.
2: I mean, when you hit the postseason, numbers go out the window. You start over. You that was clearly evident by the first few rounds of 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 what the of the playoffs. Right, you're a six. It doesn't matter. It, all it takes is a team to get hot and go on a run and just, and it, you've seen that with the Phillies. They continue to pick each other up when it seems like they have nothing left in the tank. I know they had the uh, the bullpen day, right, where it seemed like they were pulling people out of stands to pitch. And they just continued to swing the bat and be the, the team that they were capable of when they left spring training. They, you know, the, the talent that they had, it seems like now there's they're starting to to get that role going. And and that's what it's about. It, it, the only thing that I've really worried about is this time off right now. But like I said, these numbers and everything go out the window. You've got you got Nola tomorrow, is I think Wheeler's going on Saturday. So I mean, if if they could squeeze one of those games out, they're because you know it's gonna be nuts in Philadelphia. The fans are gonna not – I know Monday's Halloween. I'm they were talking about the kind of who's going to be dressed as trash cans up in Philly. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be loud. And that's what they're going to use that to their advantage. And they could steal one here in Houston and just playing the game that they've been playing since since they started this playoffs. The, you know, the, the, the two-strike hits, Gene Segura with, with swinging at balls that are bouncing in the dirt, getting hits and stuff. That's the stuff that, that they're going to need to win, the small ball.
0: Sean? Sean? Um. Who do you think on the team is going to stand out? In my personal opinion, I think it's going to be uh, Nick Castellanos. I think he's due for a big game.
2: He he's. I mean, he was brought in for a purpose. It just right now it seems like he's overthinking it too much. Uh, the hitting coach for the Phillies, uh, Kevin Long, chicken head, He was my hitting coach in Arizona falling in two thousand. So I know what Kevin's about. And I'm just sitting here watching Nick swing the bat. It just seems like he's overthinking it a little bit too okay. much. You know, you get to that level, you've got to, you know, you're slowing the game down. It seems Bryce is doing that, slowing this game down to where, it, the, I'm sure the ball looks like a beach ball right now. Uh, and that's and that's what you want. You've got, I'm, I'm, from what I'm seeing, what's going to help mm-hmm. carry it's going to be the bottom of that lineup. You know, it's going to be a Bryce Estade. It's going to be, uh, you know, Segura. Somebody down there, Marsh right now, I don't think he could fall out of the boat and hit water right now. It just seems like he's struggling way too much. The swing that he takes is long, loopy. They elevate a fastball. He has zero chance to hit it right now. And I'm sorry. I mean, just <laughs> as, an athlete, as a okay. player watching that, it's, it's, tough, it's tough to watch. Um, I know they don't have many more options with it. But the bottom of their lineup is going to be the, the thing that's going to carry them. Because you know Houston can swing the bat when they, when they get hot um and we're doing the same thing so i mean it could be like that 93 world series with the phillies when it was you know 15 to 14 against the blue jays remember and so i mean it's that could be one of these scores one of these games especially in houston that place i mean you can throw a ball out of that ballpark it's so small Mm -hmm. so it it, it's that's what i think is going to be the the big part is the the bottom half of the lineup
4: wow
3: I actually have a question. Um, thinking about kind of like jumping back to the Bruce Bochy thing that we're, you were just talking about, like the way players are being, you know, brought up in the system nowadays, you know, you, we see here in Philly, you know, we had Joe Girardi, who was like the full on analytics guy, didn't work. Rob Thompson, the, you know, the down to earth old school baseball guy that's working then you have you know like guys like Bruce Bochie and Tony La Russa who are you know still I mean, obviously Tony La Russa didn't work out but you know they're still around and they're still getting hired and they're still being brought in places but do you ever think there'll be a time where like somebody like a Gabe Kapler or somebody that's super analytical will be able to kind of bring those teams to like the next level with the way that with the way that people are being brought up through the system now or do you think there'll always be that old school like touch that's still going to be still going to be around
2: that's a question you, you can ask, you ask fans. Everybody says, what do you guys, th-? it's, people are getting, they're getting fed up with baseball. I mean, look at the end. They struck out 40 times, whatever, in four games. It's this all or nothing swing there. We talk about it on social media all the time. Guys are throwing harder, but they're teaching longer swings. So it's, what are you trying, what are they trying to do? There's the small ball. You know, I, I, grew, I grew up, I'm a Phillies fan. I grew up watching nationally baseball, right? Pitch guys bunting, hit and run. That's the stuff that wins games. I mean, it's this it, all or nothing. It was that uh, the, oh, the the Mariners in Houston game that went 18 innings. Everybody's trying to hit home runs every time. That game probably could have been over eight innings before if they have just played small ball. But the problem is the, the mentality that these guys have is dip and drive and just try and lift everything they can. They don't they're, – they're not – like I said, they're playing for themselves. They're not playing for the team, right? I mean – Philadelphia is a blue collar town. They want to see the nitty gritty, the hard work, the the little stuff, right? To butt them over. You know, the, the, the swing that Segura took against St. Louis in that in, in the in that Friday night game that he hit basically out of the dirt and just sh- uh, shot it past second base. That's what wins games, not this big home run mash type of stuff, right? I mean, look at the Philly series. There wasn't a lot of runs scored except for the one night. So, and that's what's that's what it's going to take. in these these. These old school managers are are trying to get back to it. Numbers, numbers are terrible, right? Numbers don't tell you how you're feeling, what somebody's feeling in the box. You know, they're telling you that he throws a slider at 83% of the time and 26% humidity at 737 at night. you don't care what that, just tell me what he throws, how hard he throws it, right? Let me go to work. It's, it's, the, the players today are more reactive they're not proactive in doing what they're, they basically have to be told what to do. You look at guys, they, hell, a guy's cell phone's falling out of his pocket. And he's flying in the third base. Are you serious? I mean, and, and, there, and there's no accountability either, right, between right, from these yeah. new guys, right? They're going to say something. But the analytics, yeah. uh, the numbers say, well, I don't care what the numbers say. I want to see with my eyes what somebody can do. The numbers say, well, that's not going to work here, right? Well, I don't care. I, I'm going to go ask somebody, how are you feeling? feel Right, they have, I think, they color-coordinated, red, green, and blue or something for pitching. Well, he's blue or something, he can't. I'm gonna go ask him how he feels, how are you feeling tonight? Are you good for maybe a batter? Perfect, that's what I wanna hear. I don't care about these analytical numbers. And that's the problem, it's, it's, it's too much information. There's no more baseball. Guys are, guys are just throwing the ball now, they're not pitching, right? Guys are just swinging, they're not hitting the ball. When I was playing, guys were surgical. Right, the guys, hit run. Who hit the ball over there? That guy's going to pull it this way. They don't. You don't see that anymore, do you? Right, and that's why the team bat- batting averages are atrocious. The Mendoza line is going to be a Hall of Fame number here. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what these old school managers are what well, do. That's why they're still hanging around because they can do it. It's just a matter of maybe somebody in the front office saying, right, the nerds, the baseball nerds. Well, the numbers say that he's not going to work this and that. Right. I saw it. I think it was a hockey game one night. One of the guys came in and was looking at the iPad, one of the players grabbed it and threw it. I mean, that's all it is. You, you learn by watching the game, being involved in it, not looking at an iPad. Yeah, you can look at your bat, but spend time on the dugout, watch the game, see what's going to happen. That's the only way to, to get better at it is to absorb it, right? All these kids want is more. All right, here's another book. Let me read this book. Here's another. Let me, more information, right? They become robots and they can't, they just can't think. Yeah. And,
1: That's why hitters' careers are going to do this and pitchers are going to start
0: doing this. Don't get me on
1: my soapbox. Ryan? Uh, Kevin, just real quick, talking about the game five of the the NLCS. This is where I Mm -hmm. have a problem with today's game. Um, So it's the top of the ninth. It's the top of the ninth. Padres are at bat. Melvin decides to bunt with one out to advance the runners to second, third, I almost like was like ripping my hair out. You do it with no outs. <laughs> you know, you're only down a run. I understand you don't want to hit into a double play, but now you're only working with one out. Your thoughts? And what's, this goes back
2: to everything that we deal with most today in society. We only get a snippet of what happened. We don't know exactly the conversation that was had. Was it? Trent Grisham could have said, hey, Skip, what you what are your thoughts? You know, the, it's wet, left-handed pitcher. If I can get a drag, I can drag a bunt over here. We put guys, two guys in scoring position, take the chance of a wet ball that he airmails to the bleachers and we score a run. Or was it, uh, oh, the numbers say if we bunt here, is it going to, we, we, we don't know. I mean, we can only get assumed from what we see. Um, at, the, at that point, at, as a coach, you're going, hey, whatever you feel is that you're going to help us in the best because you had a right-handed batter coming up, and I don't know. Are they still doing this stupid rule? You have to face so many batters before you can change a pitcher out. I don't. Like I said, I, baseball, is, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. So so we don't really know what that situation was like. If he gets the bunt down, airman's a ball. He's the greatest person in the world, right? And, that, and then so it, he's a double-edged sword. You do it, you don't. And, and it was. I mean, the rain that I saw on TV. There were some angles where it looked like it was raining hard. It was. So who's to say that ball just didn't? When he went to bunt it, the normal dirt takes off towards first base, off. and again, it hit that that clump of crap and just sat there. And then he was able to make a play on it. So, and then Nola goes up and swings at the first pitch. Thank you very much for doing that, by the way. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's. I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Whatever it is. But there's there's always more to the story than what we see. So and that—that's
1: what people
0: that say that knee-jerk reaction. Oh my gosh, what was he doing? We we don't know. We you know be able to ask Trent
4: one day what happened. Yeah. What were Your thoughts? And then we go from there. That's true. Uh, Duncan, Dad. Yes, sir. How are you? Good. Kevin, uh, nice to meet and speak officially. Um, always love getting the inside take. Uh, one of the biggest things I really go back to, especially with baseball, is the the organic sort of chemistry that develops with these teams who have. Postseason season success where you're not necessarily looking for that success and that it's something that it really can't be manufactured right it's a feel and I think old-school managers old-school players you know yes the analytics we love information we love to put it all out there play the the odds whatnot but when you get down to the crux of it when these guys are on the same page when they're picking each other up when Harper goes out in the middle of the season and the team holds itself above water goes on a little winning streak he comes back and he's not doing really well. You know, he, he's going into the playoffs kind of, eh, we don't know where he's going to be. But two or three hits, he gets locked in. There, he catches a foul ball the right way and he's like, you know what? That's the sound. That's the guy. And it trickles down. Here comes Hoskins. He gets back into it. You know, the pitching starts to come up as well. Uh, speaking of all of that chemistry and having that vibe and being on the same page, my question to you, my one, you know, is that I think it's a great advantage for the Phillies to have started each one of these series on the road and not at home, knowing that they're going to come back to citizens bank and it's just going to be electric. What's, what's your take on that?
2: You're right. As far as the, the emotion that comes back, you know, with your, you're amped up, you're at home. Um, and you, and then you go back to, to Harper when he got hurt of you're right. You're just trying to tread water, knowing that at some point the Braves and the, and the Mets were going to battle this out. And for them to be able just to sustain that, to get these guys to where they are and to to get in. Right. They're playing with house money right now. They 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 were they were written off by everybody first round play. You know, you look at all the the charts they had. They never had Philadelphia going anywhere. They were going to lose to whoever it was. And that was it. And that kind of stuff right there is the stuff that the players take as, hey, that's just fuel for the fire that, that helps them. To to get going, I told you it. Once you hit that postseason, everybody's oh no, they start that and going from there, they just you know they can. They're that a young bunch. They feed off of that. They're able to use it to make them as a, as one, right? You you don't see it. You don't see any animosity. You just see, you see them having fun too, which is which is what you want, right? You don't see the pressure on them. It's hey, this is fun. Right, and then being in Philly, the fans feeding off of that makes it, you know, even more fun for them. So, you know, being down there, I'm sure, like I said, they're just they're just having fun. Like I said, the only thing I really worry about is this time off. But maybe it gave them a chance to to whatever little bumps and bruises they had to, to get over. It. And we'll, we'll find out tomorrow night. Like the first the first three four innings tomorrow night, really, I think are going to dictate how this series goes because of how they're going to respond being down there. Um, I mean, Houston fan. I mean, they're not Philly fans. Nobody's Philly fans, right? Unless you get up in, in New York and stuff, which is. But they're just not. It's not the hostile environment that they're that they're used to going to. You know, playing in New York, playing in, in Atlanta or something. So this, but I think that like I said, those first few innings are going to dictate how this series is going to go. How and you'll be able to tell right away where the nerves are and what their thought processes are.
0: That's why I'm hoping there, Kevin. They, they squeeze out game one because I think that that's it's been vitally important for the Phillies. I think if you take game one, lose game two, obviously then you have the great shot of winning it at home, and and that's what Sean and I were talking about before the, the show started. That I feel like they would end up taking game one. We saw with the Rays when they end up doing it in 8 yeah. I'm hoping for the same feels here uh, in in '22. So I'm I'm hoping they'll be able to pull off game one, but. On the Philly Sports Trips hotline, I, I, the introduction I can make for this man, I guess, is only one way. So let me do it this way here. Because he hails from the Tampa area himself when he doesn't have time to be selling refrigerators, doors, cars, and everything else. He's hanging out at Tampa Joe's. It is the one, the only, Mike Klein. Mike, how are you this evening? Hey, great,
5: Angel. How do you doing?
0: Good. So uh, obviously, you and Kevin go a ways back. So the right. floor is yours, sir.
5: Yeah, well, I'd like to say that Kevin's always been my favorite uh, player from Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Hey, and I, I just want I, 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 I was kind of blown away when I saw your smiley face up there, but um, I remember that first time we met at Bill Maher Station, which was the original home base of the affiliate of South club when we used to have about 50 a week and uh, you showed up and uh, you and I had a great discussion. And then we uh, hooked up again in Dallas. Uh, you, you took me to a stars game and uh, of course I was wearing my Eagle green in the press box. Which probably wasn't the right thing to do, but it's all good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, really cool to see you again. I just checked my phone. Um, really. All I wanted to say is if you, If you could, get my number from an eagle and just give me a call. I'd love to hook up with you. And uh, um, i actually got some business coming up in Dallas. And I know you guys are still out there in Fort Worth. And I'd love to see you again. Um, And uh, God bless you. And, uh, you know, I love what you're doing. And go go Phillies. Go Eagles. Yes,
0: sir. Go Birds. Thank you, Maggie. And, by the way, it's mice. Number's is not that hard. Just dial nine one one. Everybody picks it up because they already know they it. either going to get Dallas or sucks one or two on the phone. <laughs> and, and, and if I'm lying, Mikey, tell me because it. Anytime you see the man, great salesman. I will Burst, say that much. Baby. Mikey will walk around the room and whatever he can. If he can sell you a napkin, you're going to end up buying it because as soon as he walks up <laughs> to you, he'll tell you about the dogs. Number one. Uh, and then it's just his personality, the way he ends up walking in the room. So, uh, Mikey, as always, thank you very much. I know you yeah. called the other day. I'll catch you back up with you. It's just been crazy busy. I'll,
2: I'll give it an yeah, angel no send that number. And, I don't have it my phone. I've lost so many numbers, but, no, yeah, and, send it
5: and, to me. So, yeah, you can put that number out. I mean, uh, you know, we sell T-shirts and everything, and we're averaging almost 400 Eagle fans a week at Tampa Joe's now. So, um, Dallas and Sucks will be there for the Pittsburgh game. So, if you want to come <laughs> by and get the Pittsburgh but it's all good. Very nice
0: righty. All, right. all right mikey thank you hey, mike.
5: all right see
0: you so that was the mike klein president of philly the south the eagles fan club down here listen it, it's, a, it's a great time it's a party i will say that much for it may not be as crazy as back awesome. home but i will say there's times where it gets louder in the bar area and we always tell people if the game starts at Whoa. one the doors open at 11 be there by 11 30 because the bar is solid, filled with people, and when I have to set up myself, my camera, and everything else in the corner, I, I end up taking up a table myself. So if anybody comes down, 9316 Anderson Road is where you will find the home of the Philly South, and also more importantly, Tampa Joe's, the restaurant. You can visit Tampa Joe's at tampajoes.com Again, at 9316 Anderson Road, right off the airport. So if you fly in, you're coming in for a convention getaway, whatever case be eagle sunday is where we're at at Tampa joe's so i just want to put that out there but uh kevin i mean we're hoping for obviously i mean we saw rob thompson first of all has a lot of patience because you're dealing with hand you're dealing with dominguez i mean you brought in Han, hand and and again you have to work with what you have but hand comes in and you're biting your nails because like oh my god did that just happen then you bring in dominguez because dominguez i mean he was lights out the night before so you're like all right dominguez is going to save the game and then he walks in two runs on wild pitches so and and again you it's you don't have much at your disposal but then you bring in obviously your following pitcher and gets the job done well the next two because you know, not so well that the fair was for anderson that that came in afterwards but i mean it, it you have what you have in in this with this clubhouse but everybody believes in that man and at the end of the game not only did he thank obviously his players he thanked the staff. He thanked, you know, the families. He thanked the wives. I mean, there, there's no more of a bigger class act than it comes to Rob Thompson. And, and I, I, I know it was a two- or three-year deal they locked him up for. I, I wish it would be a little bit longer, but I know they want to see what he's going to end up having. And, and minus, let's say four games are being played right now, do we see the Phillies, and I know 162 games is a long ways from now, but could we see the Phillies I'll say him in the playoffs. I'm not going to say back in the World Series. Do we see him as far as back in the playoffs for next season?
2: It dep- I mean, I think they're one starter away from being that elite team and I keep telling everybody that they're going to make a run at the Grom. I know I Wheeler they- played together in New York, right? So no, I, I, I just have a feeling that they're going to make a run out, I them. People here in Texas want them to make a run at the Grom. Um But I mean, that, that's just my feeling. But... Like I said, I think once this, once the dust settles here, from once they get through this World Series, he can just settle down and just see what, because I mean, if they trust him with his team, he's gonna tell them, look, this is what we need. This is what I want. And, and then they can go through it and, and, and see. So I just, you, you know, I, the guys have responded to him and that's what you want. You want the guys to respond to him. I, I don't, you know, I don't see the daily stuff that's in the, in the paper back home that you guys do, but it seems, to me that he has control of the clubhouse. Like, the, the guys respect him wow. enough to say, hey, you know, hey, what do you need me to do, right? Do you need me to go out here and pitch? Do you need me to do whatever you need me to do? It's not one of those where it's just like it's that next man up type of, type of uh, feeling that I think yeah, that I see. Him. And he's and he's calm too, right? You just see him on the edge of the dugout just, but you know, just like he's out at, at a Sunday brunch just hanging out yeah, relaxing sure. because I think because he trusts these guys to do it. And I think the older guys there too will be able to help those younger guys. He's, a, you know, I don't have. He doesn't have to say anything for them to go say something to somebody else, right? They respect him enough to go. Hey, I got it. So, but you know, like I said I'm not in that clubhouse. But just seeing it and being, you know, on the field in that clubhouse, and knowing what guys are capable of doing, and that's what I think it is. It's the respect that they have for him.
0: You know, I did, and yeah. I'll go to Duncan Dad with this one, and, and Kevin, you can add to this as well, but so. Th- Mike, we, we, we take a look at, at what Dombrowski, right, what what he had to handle and endure for the last two years. They also talk about the Phillies, talk about spending stupid money. And they were going to, you know, they're going to win a championship in the whole nine yards, and then you enter this season. Now, you add the last two COVID condensed years. Then this year, you have the minor major league strike. Thankfully, that didn't last too long because I think with the fan base, you already lost with the major one they had this one they knew if it would extend it halfway throughout the season it would have been detrimental to baseball so add that and everybody's still wondering what was going to happen with this organization now they didn't spend a whole bunch of stupid money but also he made the smart comment by saying he thinks he underpaid for bryce harper obviously saying because he's earned that money and probably more so do we expect mike for the to make that stupid money move For next year? Because we know we have to build up the bullpen. Does he do it next year or does he ride with what he has now and tries to use kind of like the trickle down economics to be able to build up his farm system?
4: Man, I I think think what we see now in sports is that there's such a finite window for you to sort of cross that threshold. You can build a little bit. You have to have free agents who are of harper's stature wheeler's stature real muto stature uh as as kevin said he if he wants to keep this thing going they they need one more quality starter it could be a number two starter it could be a two three starter but they, they need another guy out there where they're not crossing their fingers that they're getting the best version of ranger suarez tonight or they're not getting the best version of a, a zach efflin tonight you know right. they they, you, you have to be able to look down that line and say, okay, you know what? What we were expecting Syndergaard to be, not really, didn't pay too much for him, but is there somebody else out there that's floating around, on like a Detroit or floating around someplace in Kansas City who this is a serviceable pitcher, he can come in, I can send him out every five days on the third, he's going to give me six consistent innings and not have to worry about that, not have to be stressed with the fact that, you know what? I'm starting Nola game one, gonna have Wheeler for two. But that's back me up. That if I go back to Houston, I know I've got Wheeler ready to come to come back to the the mound for this. You know, if this is a, a you know an elimination game for the Phillies in game six, um, having that one extra guy to go to in the pen. I mean, look at look at Houston. I mean, McCullers, Framber, Verlander. It's just it's, it's a deep, deep rotation. And to, uh, to Ryan's point, that that's going to be the key. If the Phillies can get into the Astros' bullpen, right. then I think you're good. I think Philadelphia will be good. But if those top three pitchers are just throwing peas, throwing beans every night, and they're hitting their spots, it's it's going to be tough yeah. because they gave up all those yeah. runs to Seattle. They come back and Alvarez hits a walk-off home run and basically crushes the spirit of the Mariners and the series is over. But the the Astros aren't going to lie down and go away. They, they're top to bottom. They are a phenomenal team. And all the talk about, you know, yeah, Philly we're going to bang trash cans. We're going to do the costumes. But that's we're removed from that now. Gray is gone. The manager has gone. Like, they, they've evolved themselves into this team that they are now. They're pumping out 100 wins a year. You know, Altuve not even hitting. And they're having the success. What was he like? Two for twenty-five, or two for like twenty-nine, three for twenty-nine, and that
3: yeah, everything series, up to series. the series.
4: Yeah, I mean, like that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we're not talking about like you know, uh, Bryce and Stock going like one for twenty-five, and you know, the world's going to change on that. But you know, these are perennial MVP, All-Star players. Top of the end. I just I think to to Kevin's point, yeah, Dombrowski is going to have to make that one more specific bullpen pitching move if he wants to keep this. Keep this going. It doesn't have to be stupid money, but it has to be a quality acquisition in that pitching department. It has to be because Philly, it's it's like, hold your breath, here comes the bullpen. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: Can really I just any any real quick, Angel, in sure. reference to yeah. your question? I pulled up this stat while you guys were talking. The Phillies ranked 25th in the majors in defensive runs saved during the regular season. They're tied with the 2003 Yankees as the lowest-ranked team to reach the World Series in the 20-year 20 20 year history of the stat. So that is not sustainable. <laughs> you know, they, they overcame it this year, but what are they going to do next year to correct that? If they can correct that and go out, like Mike said, and maybe not spend stupid money, but can add another player of, of a defensive quality, that they can bring him in. If they fix that, the Phillies can go on a nice run the next four or five years.
0: And they could. Caitlin, I don't know if you had any follow-up questions. No, I just
2: you're you're right. We talking about the starting pitching, but I I still they, they need a you can find a mid-level, you know left uh center fielder, you know, that can go get the ball for you. I just you know, like I said, I don't think Marsh is is the is the answer. There was somebody else that was out there, I can't remember who it was, but that might be somebody where they go if they don't go – if if they don't go after DeGrom, but they need to find – you talk about the defense. They definitely need to do that. I mean, we saw it, right, some of the balls that, that Reese was just completely whiffing on, uh, missing just regular ground balls. So, I mean, that's the stuff It's just – but the thing is, those mental lapses, you know, that happens, but you see the rest of the guys seem to come and, and pick each other up. And I think that's just this team. It's just a scrappy – hey, whatever happens, we've got it. But you know they'll reevaluate that through the winter and see what they have, what what they need. I don't know what the how much salary cap space they have, and and, and go f- and 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 just go from there. So, but they can but they can bang it around with the best of them, and I I'm not worried about the Astros pitching. It's just a matter of it, 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 this could be a gigantic slugfest the entire time. So, you know you're at the end of the year and it's all hands on deck for the next eight days if if it goes seven games. So I mean it's. It, it's going to be fun for sure, and uh, it, it, it's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how this – like I said, how this tomorrow tomorrow night is for you any dictate. And, yes, the trash can stuff, uh, <laughs> that's, that's part of it. They opened Pandora's box once they, once they let instant replay come into the game. <laughs> they, right? So I don't want to hear – people talk about cheating. No, it's Major League Baseball's fault for doing it. It's not the Astros. Because as soon as you let that door – open that, that door – you knew something like this was going to happen. So I don't want to hear about, oh, they cheating no. out. No, they were using what they had. You didn't like it, you long? That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's a part of sports. You're going to find a way. If it's, if it's legal, they're going to find a way, right? Pine tar, guys are using it. Yep. Right? I mean, that's, that's right. Just true. Guys that's true. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's, that's right. That's true. But that's just baseball, right? That, you know, but it's when, we, when I played, say there were 500 camera angles, now there's 5,000. Right, I mean, yeah. this replays made its way to the Little League World Series. I mean, are you kidding me? This is—it's ridiculous. It's—it's it's absolutely ridiculous. With—with uh, with, with how this is, that it's, it, it's—it's awful. It's awful. I have an umpire coming on my on my wow. podcast next week too. So, be ready for that one.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. that, that, that a coming on. There is a clip that I want to show from your podcast, but Caitlin, I don't know if you have any any follow up questions.
3: Yeah, I was just gonna get some thoughts on jumping back to that, uh, talking about next year, you know, I know mm-hmm. that Trey Turner got the uh, Bryce blessing the middle of this year, but with the improvement of Stott and all of that, like what what thoughts are around that potential, or do you think, you know, that's even a necessity, or what thoughts are around that?
2: It's all going to be the money, whenever Like I said, I don't know what they have. I don't know what the minor league system has that they can bring up, and but, the, you know, the biggest thing is going to be is going to be the, the arms, the bullpens, as far as, you know, how they're going to do it. I, I don't know if Eflin's still under contract. I don't, like I said, I don't know what – if they try and trade him. They're going to let – they're going to sit down. They're going to, you know, between Dombrowski and, and Sam Fold. I didn't even know Sam was there. I played against Sam. And and uh, Thompson, what their plans are and even even if – what kind of coaches. If, if Thompson wants to bring in his own guys, right, you, you don't know what what's going to happen there. So, I mean, there's a lot of ifs, but, you know, you worry about the ifs in, in
0: eight, nine days. Yeah, that is true. But I, I will say, because on, on this show, all right, so we, we know there's people that, that may up mimicking other shows. There's people that, that do whatever they feel like because that's upon them. But the one thing I like to do personally here on Broad Street South is always to share the love with people to come on. For example, Duncan Dad taking his time out tonight from No Filter, where you guys can find him. On here on Fridays, and and by the way since he's here with me tonight an amazing job what he did last week from flying down to florida filling in for miss robin to work (laughs) with tony bruno and and never work with the equipment setup that tony has in his house so kudos to mike for the outstanding job that he did last week so mike i wanted to tell you that personally when you came on tonight because that was not only a funny and hilarious show you guys put on last week but the (laughs) job that you did to fill in for miss robin kudos to you my friend
4: Hey, thank you so much. And it was uh, deer in the headlights for a couple minutes because one of the boards that was already pre-programmed is set with opens and closes, it just wouldn't power on. And I was like, "Oh crap! Here we go. What do I have to do?" <laughs> so I'm video chatting from the Netherlands to Cape Coral. I'm pulling out wires and cords and plugs and you know three and a half uh, uh, all over the place. I'm playing. We got through it. It was good. It was I'm, a great learning I'm experience. Not sure, isn't it? What's that? Oh, tons of pressure, tons just, of pressure, and then of course of
2: you're doing that in the middle of Citizens Bank Park, and you can't figure out your <laughs> ass elbow right there. People and no. the so just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
4: And I'm looking across at Tony. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, let's just get him on the air. Get him on the air. Get him on the air. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. And you know, thanks to everybody. Thanks for the support. You know, I love it. As Angel said, um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, about twelve fifteen Eastern Time, I do something called One More Quarter. Real basic. It's like an introspective between how. Life, sports, everything in between, all intersects. We see it in our lives. We see it played out in the real world. Let's all pick lessons from it. Use your common sense. You can take good from both sides of any story. Just find the truth. Form your own opinion. You know, be yourself. And then Friday evenings after Tony's show, I do Into the Nightcap with uh, Play Action Real, John from Afair Penguin, AZ. And that's sort of just like a potpourri, free-for-all, fun, you know, Sit down have a beer with the guys and you know let everything out and uh, it's wonderful it's been a great time great experience and i've always followed broad street south you know my own little pod area and pottery and i know about angel what's going on so this is a big honor to be here with you guys and it's great because the more network we can do the more working together exposing everybody to all the different stories and opinions the passions uh it's great it's just really wonderful so thank you again angel
0: well, no problem, and, and thank you for, for seeing what you just said there, and that's why we keep Ryan in the closet, and then when we need him, we take him out of the closet <laughs> because then he adds, he adds more to it. But, no, Ryan, uh, Ryan always, when he comes, he, he he's always coming full swing, no matter what it is. And if Fuji was here, he, he'd like to call him the ring chaser, but it's only because he used to root for Dallas. He gave up with Jerry Jones, just like a lot of people did, roots for Kansas City, and, and Kansas City kind of teams, you know, changing their season around. Mm-hmm. Denver, I don't know what's going to happen there because uh. – boy oh boy that is becoming quite the train wreck really 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 fast so but now the reason why i said it because as i've been showing obviously kevin with the big head pod with the logo in the background because him starting up with the dub network and then having his show there was one in particular that i really liked that i'm going to bring up here so that everyone can see and again you can like and subscribe not only to the dub network but obviously to kevin's show as well so let me bring this up to share with everyone
2: I, I, I'm going to have to watch this golf swing at some point. I'm picturing kind of a Charles Barkley-esque type thing. But, man, that's uh, not that disrespectful See, Now, if I shut the computer down, you're going to feel real bad. <laughs> man, my swing look way better than a Charles Barkley, man. You have lost your mind, bro. Man, <laughs> man, 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 my my swing like Davis Love III. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, like I said, you could be. It's the interaction that you have. You've always had that, as even as a player, being out in the field talking to guys. Just, you know, it was fun. It was, it was, uh, it was boisterous, and you were, and it was kind of that's just part of your game, isn't it? Just, just being that, um, you know, especially where you are, middle infielder, you get to talk to everybody. So many people come running by. I'm sure you always had a comment for everybody and anybody that came by. Definitely. You know, you got to keep the game fun, man. The game is long enough, and it's definitely the hardest sport to play. You know, um, so you got to keep the game fun, keep it interesting, talk a little trash, have a little fun with it before you know it, man. It's the ninth inning,
0: so, Kevin. First of all, it's it got to be a lot of fun talking to some of these players. Now, obviously, that one that, that was a good one there, but it, it has to be so much fun to hear the backstories from stuff maybe that you missed from even from your own playing days.
2: It is and that's that's part of it. It's just a matter of it's just an unfiltered, unscripted. I just people go what kind of questions do you ask? I, I don't know. We just sit down and just start talking and I've known Orlando forever. And he's always and that's how he is on the field. You'll be running past that you're gonna hit a double or something, he's sitting there, he running his mouth, saying something. It's just that's the stuff that that I, that I missed from playing that, from those days. And he's, but I think at one point he talked about if you be hang up, be hang up this computer right now. Right, because we were supposed to do it. I think a couple weeks before, and I said, "Well, you gotta pretty yourself up." He said, "Yeah, man, I, I gotta have my beautiful face. I can't just call in. I gotta have the video." But that's just the way he is, and, that, and that's what I, I like—the personality these guys have. Because you guys don't get, to, don't get to see that type of stuff. Because he sit, he would sit on the field. That's all he would do. He would get out there, start talking. Uh, Brandon Phillips, same way—they get out there, they just start yapping, everything left and right. Just, but that's the stuff. You know, you hear those different stories. Um, and a Philly guy on there, Bob File from Philadelphia Textile, was on there talking about He played with Orlando. So, I mean, I, I, get, I, went, I think I went through a run of Blue Jays forever of doing that right. stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's funny. These guys have stories that, are, that you know that, that you guys don't get a chance to hear. So, it's, uh, that's just about what it is. Just, it's basically just locker room talk, just hanging out and, and catching up, seeing what guys are doing.
0: No, and, and as I said to you before, when I sent your message earlier today, I like it because it, it's smooth. Like You make everybody feel at home, which is nice because your, your podcast runs really, really smooth from beginning to end. I like the interaction. We talked about John beforehand and his, uh, some of his colorful commentary. which And it's fun because, again, you get to hear something. Because, listen, if you follow the man... In 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 baseball, you know, there had to be times where he had to talk so much in that locker room that we couldn't hear like we do, like now. You have the boom mics that they're they follow the guys on the dock in in the dugout, not as much in the locker room. But he he was just Roger, was just (laughs) one of those guys that he he was just (laughs) multi colorful to put it at best. But you know, and and for you guys to end up missing again on YouTube the big head pod you guys find it it's it's good ones because you also the one thing i will respect from you as well and and being former military is the guys you end up talking to in the stories you hear like the one lance corporal that was marines and he said the reason why he had joined because it was his grandfather if i remember correctly had told him to join and then he was he, he they already had the army the navy and the air force so he was the last one to be in the marines and then also talked about his experience there that he wasn't the best soldier when they had to do you know dnc and everything else but when it came to wartime to his deployment he felt like that was his game time and he compared it to what he wanted to do so again kudos to you because these are stories that should be heard that you won't hear from other places so i i respect you for that and and thank you for the job you do just on your show alone and obviously the years you had for major league baseball
2: it's like i said i just I, once i got out I, I got tied in with those guys through um one of the U.S. Army guys that talked about the amputees, and that's how I kind of got tied in with the military side. And then I, you know, like you said, one guy knows another guy, and I had Denver on last week. And that movie's coming out; it's premiering out here called MVP: Merging uh, Vets and Players. It's premiering here, and I think next week they're having a big showing here. And then I'm, I'm not sure of where it's going to go from there. But Nate Boyer is the actor in the movie, and Sylvester Stallone, of all people, is producing it. So wow, it's man. it's it's a it's a really good movie. And, uh, you get a chance to listen to denver 's story about you know you know especially right now um, as far as mental health is really is really big and, and when Denver started talking about you know, trying to commit suicide twice right and he 's telling his story about where it led him and, and how this is has helped because you know coming out you know being you 've been in the military being a press athlete coming out sometimes people don 't have an identity right that 's all they know right, right? and and that's what, that's what Denver's trying to create with this merging vets and players where they get together. Where, Well, how's a military oh, and, wow. and a professional athlete going to merge? How's, And they realize uh, that, wait, they're, they're both – it's an identity they're seeking. I, if You watched that one, didn't you, Angel, as far as when Denver when, – when Nate walked in the room and he basically told me, he goes, get out of here, right? He goes, yeah, I don't care who you are. He goes, get out of here. You know, and you could tell that that was, that was bottom. Nate being, you know, former Green Beret and an yeah. athlete – was able to understand, you know, Denver said, he goes, he goes, I really like you pat him on my back. He goes, you know, I like you a lot. So Denver goes, I don't care. He's Get out of here. So, and it's, and it's funny Denver's story only that he's only in his mid thirties. So this just, I mean, this is just recent stuff that he's been through. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do, because some guys don't want to talk about it. Some do. You, um, you, were, you were talking about one of the other guys was the amputee and, uh, he lost his you know, he lost his, his leg below just uh, about halfway up his, his calf. And uh, one of his one of his uh, guys in the unit came by and he go, Here, here's your toes. And he goes, I'm not worried about my toes. He was worried about a shreckle. He goes, Somebody grab yeah. it, make sure it's still there. And he, really? He goes, Yes, that's all he was worried. You know what I mean? That's what he but that's what some guys don't want to talk about, some guys are more open with it. So and I think that's what Denver's trying to create is this atmosphere of it's okay, even if even if you're not military yeah. or athlete, you just need somebody to talk to, and that's what that's what they're trying to create. And they're trying to do it, you know, as as many of the cities where there's professional sports teams, because everybody's dealing with it. It's just a matter of getting them to, you know, open up about it. And he's in Denver. Goes, yeah, I can tell, with, you know, seeing guys of knowing they're they're not ready for it, but then other guys are. So, and 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 it, and it's good, especially you know, for for like I said, all aspects of life. You don't have to be that, but. But what he's doing is, is tremendous um, and, and, and the people that he's reaching, right? His story is like, he says, if I, if I help one person today, I've done my job. Yep. And that's how we look at it. That's, that's all he's trying to do. We're not trying to change the world. We're just trying to change one person, right? Because one person helps one person and that's all he's trying to do
0: that's so true Mm -hmm. because we have a show on on Mondays called coaching sessions and that's what we try to see we don't we don't bring like the the normal psychiatrist thing where you know they 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 tell you what you want to hear not what you're expressing not what you're sharing it's like well uh, Kaylin I noticed that you're very depressed today is there something you want to tell me and then Kaylin says what she has to say but no matter what Kaylin says in the end, it's going to be like, well, Kalen, uh, I, I want to tell you that I, I hear what you're saying, but I get this prescription here. It's going to make you feel funny for a couple of days, but then, you know, get back to us and let us know how you feel. We, in, in, on Monday nights, we pick a topic and we go off that topic, what, whatever the case may be, minus the politics, but everything else we bring in, whether it be in social media, whether it be in personalities, you name it, and that's what we try to do. We just try to bring a different spin on it because I work with two life coaches out of the Bahamas, and talking to them... It's it's more of the spiritual aspect things, and and they make you feel more at home, versus if you talk to someone that you know they have their you know their Ph.D. degree on the back wall and whether being from Yale or Harvard or anything else, and not mocking any university or anybody who has their degree, but you rather connect with someone that that has been through it and understands you a lot more, versus in hearing the normal like, okay, you got 45 minutes, the clock starts, let's go. You know, I rather talk to somebody like yourself, like the way you end up doing it on your show that you can hear the experience from anyone who's been in the military because PTSD, number one, that stuff is completely real. And some people know how to deal with it. Some others don't. I've been fortunate that I've been able to learn how to cope with it for many, many years and it every once in a while you'll get a flashback but thankfully i don't go on and even, you know any rampage I just close down i shut down for a little bit reset and i keep things going so you know again kudos to you for what you're doing and we do appreciate it. and i got about a bonus minute here or two Kaylin. i know that you've been very quiet because we haven't gone to you a lot tonight which i want to bring you back on as well but is doc rivers to wrap up the show here with the sixers is doc rivers on the hot seat 150
3: 200 percent Absolutely. Um, we were talking before uh, before we jumped on live that I truly believe that, you know, we <laughs> redid the – or they redid the roster, brought in all these new people, thinking it was going to be a total reset, a total difference from the past couple seasons, and then came back and Doc had the same plan for players that are different, for P.J. Tucker, for, um, you know, Montrezl Harrell, you know, like people that – are new they're supposed to bring a different energy and it's the same game plan that's just i think everybody's just immediately disheartened by it so um yes absolutely i believe so that's
2: flyers too that's that's how you learn how the team is built right yeah it ain't broke don't fix it right it it wasn't fully broken there was a couple pieces but you, you make too much of a change right now the entire atmosphere changes but you, but the coach wants to say so i don't know how much how mm-hmm. much doc had in that say but mm-hmm. there, there's been a, a lot of turnover through that and now the guys are kind of lost right i mean you're looking at same thing right they've been hammering chuck fletcher right since with all this stuff with, with I mean, the flyers i expected them to lose 81 games this year i mean it's just how they've been playing but man, those guys probably rallied around themselves and, and figured it yeah. out but you know we've with Injuries and and guys that they didn't sign right. I mean, you know how the fan base is. They wanted Johnny Gaudreau. He wanted to come home. They couldn't. They couldn't make it work. They have got this. They have got Carter Hart. This this great goalie. Great, and he was yeah. really bad for a while, right? And it's and it. But you guys know how it is. The Philly media can really really deflate a team and, and an individual, especially one if they run their mouth and they don't do their job. Yeah. Two, if 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 it's the team is supposed to be this way and it's not and they're gonna find somebody to go after right if you shut up do your job and they don't Philly fans don't care right I mean right we throw snowballs at Santa Claus right because right. you got to make him work for it and that's just that's the mentality they have and I you're seeing it with the sixers right now they just that they're lost you have you're seeing basically poor guys but they their complementary pieces aren't what they're used to, right? I'm looking to pass right, and he's going left, right? And I'm looking to, to get inbounds this way. and they're, it's, they're, they're lost because there's been too much, right? There's something as doing too much. for trying to change, right? You said trying to change the culture, and it's not, you know, it's, you know, you look now, it's, all right, same with the Eagles now, right? We've got, we've got pieces we need, all right, and, and how he goes out and, and makes the trade for Robert Quinn, and, you know, there's other, we're still talking about other stuff, but they have their poor guys. They're not, it's not a revamp. Right. right. A revamp starts when they start bringing in a coach. That's when you revamp, right? You don't have to keep your coach and you try and change what do they carry, 12 guys, 15 guys. And they, mm-hmm. you know, you can't change yeah. out 11 of them and keep the same coach and expect the same thing, right? You can change out two or three and do it. And that's just, sometimes it's just too much. And I'm, like I said, I think right now they're lost, mm-hmm. but. At some point, is it going to, how long is it going to take before they figure it out or before Doc's gone? So, uh, so I don't know, but it seems like Torts has got the, the flyers in order as far as what I think he benched Hayes and Connect Me a couple weeks ago. Or, yeah. Right. And he's not going to take it. He's, a, that's an old school guy. Right. I think, I think yeah. Doc is yeah. an old school guy, but I don't know what was brought in.
3: Yeah.
2: Sirianni seems like, he, he, I don't know. I can't tell if he's an old school or new school guy. I think there's a lot of, Veterans on this team that I think that he's kind of ingrained to. That if uh, football, you can't really go old, you know, new school, really, but the other sports you can. So, I mean, you just look at the roster and how they're designed and the coaches and how they are and how these teams are preparing. I mean, even what the union are, are right there in the conference finals for soccer. I don't watch much, I mean, much soccer, but seeing, I'm sure that there seems to be that, that same. Uh, the way that the team is built around a coach or a player that's the the old school where, hey, guys, rally together. Let's figure this out. And I think it's just a matter of time before the Sixers either figure that out or or Doc's gone. Sorry, one more
1: statement about the Sixers. Sixers. This is my take. Joel Embiid. Come on, buddy. (laughs) Joel Embiid. They let Jimmy Butler go. The whole Ben Simmons thing. Now they're off to a bad start. Something's got to give, and I predict that this will be Joel Embiid's last year in Philadelphia. Because of Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, the start of this season, I think he's had enough. And he's basically saying to the organization at this point, I've done all you've asked me to do. What have you done for me? You really haven't done anything. I'm going to bounce. So.
0: It could be a possibility, but I think before that happens, I don't think they want obviously to obviously draw all the walks. So, if anything, I think they just, they just let Doc go. But then the problem is, who do you find to replace Doc Rivers? Because at, at this point, any good coach that's been out there has been scooped up by someone, whether it be an assistant coach or their bench coach Giselle. or their head coach themselves. So, yeah. So, oh, yeah, Sam would be good. You're right. He could end up turning the team around. But again, it's, it's going to come down to what the Brass is going to end up doing. So, That'll be another chat for another day because we've already gotten into some bonus time here and we'll mm-hmm. leave that on that high kind of low note because we will see what happens. It's a long NBA season. We know this and we hope the Sixers get to turned around because the Flyers are finally trying because after all the years spending all that money on Gritty because that's the only thing they cared about. They finally care about his team and we'll see where the Flyers go with that one. But with all that being said, we thank everyone for tuning in tonight, uh, Caitlin. If you'd like to share all your social media, so people get a hold of you as well.
3: Yeah, sure. I'm on uh, Twitter at underscore c8lin, and um, yeah,
0: I see a lot of uh,
3: Phillies and Sixers chat on there.
0: So, and which we'll we'll have you back again for some more Sixers talk because again we're we're gonna see what's gonna end up happening there. And Kevin, of course, please let everyone know how to get a hold of you as well.
2: Yes. If Kevin Minch twenty-eight, Twitter, Instagram, whatever's out there. I'm on all of it. So I'm all social media. I'm just trying to. I can never figure it out when I was playing what why people need to know I'm at the grocery store, but whatever. I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to get back to it. So uh, hopefully the next time I, I post something, it'll be on Saturday in Houston.
0: Mom, so, that'd be, that would be good. No, listen, I, I don't. know. three of- days
2: are going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, yeah no it's definitely gonna be fun but I, I that's one thing i will say about social media i never understood when people are like uh, i'm i'm in the restroom now or i just you know went over here now but i don't need to know what you're doing every single minute it just uh, just a highlight a nice little highlight not not anything else that's just it's a little bit too much but nonetheless let thank you to everyone tuning in once again don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can always visit us on BroadStreetSouth.com, broadstsouth.com. Follow us on social media. It helps us out to build the numbers and do great things and keep connected with great people like Kevin and Caitlin and the Duncan dad, which I know he had stuff to take care of tonight. But we thank everyone for tuning in. Sean, Ryan, once again, thank you guys for my producer over at Studio B, Debbie. We thank you for tuning in live here in Tampa, Florida from the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios. We will see you guys pregame on Sunday, if not before that, when it comes to the Phillies. So everyone, have a great night.
3: Thank you. Thank you.